Thank you for joining us today on the Annex Podcast, hosted and presented by the Building Christian Fellowship. At the building, we build our faith, hope, and love in Jesus by having a real, relevant relationship with Him. And what better way for us to get closer to God than to learn more about Him through His Word? We pray you enjoy this message. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. There is such a sweet anointing in this place this morning. Hallelujah. 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 Man, I could stay on that. I could stay on that bridge forever, as you can see. (laughs) Go ahead and have a seat, y'all, this morning. Hallelujah. God is so good. Hallelujah. Well, um, good morning. Somebody give give God a hand praise this morning. Praise the Lord. I mean, praise him like you mean it this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Um, My name is Atira Johnson, and uh, I'm the minister of music here. Uh, And I have the privilege and honor to be able to share a word with you guys this morning. Um, We're continuing on through the gospel-centered life. And um, I'm on the seventh installment, which is called The Mission. Now, I just want to let you know, I just, I have notes, I have something prepared, but I just want to, I want to flow. I just want to flow and, uh, and go with how the Lord is leading. So, can we just pray? Can we just pray? Father, we just thank you. We thank you for your presence in this place, Lord. We thank you, God, for being our firm foundation, Lord. That no matter what what comes our way, no matter how hard the wind blows or how hard the rain falls, Lord God, you are our firm foundation, our rock, our impenetrable rock upon which we stand, Lord. And Father, our confidence is in you. You're the only safe place for our hope to lie, Lord. So, Lord, we just thank you, God. We thank you for the word that's going to go forth this morning, Lord. Holy Spirit, we submit to your will, to your way this morning. God, use this as you see fit. I pray, Lord, that your word would be in my mouth, Lord God. Let it be your words only that are spoken this morning. And, Father, I thank you for the hearts of your people in the house this morning, Lord God, that it be good ground, Lord God, that they prepare, Lord God, that they're ready to receive the engrafted word of God that is able to save our souls And Lord, we just thank you. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your grace that enables us to live for you and be with you, Lord. We thank you. We bless you. In Jesus' mighty name, we all prayed and said, amen. Amen. Come on, give God some praise this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Man. Thank you, Revival Center worship team, for coming and leading us this morning. What a tremendous blessing you guys are. Thank you so much. Oh, man. You talking about setting out. These people can go in. Amen. (laughs) Hallelujah. So 
Today, I have the honor and privilege of being in front of you and bringing the word. And let me tell you something. I'm excited. I'm excited about the word that God has put in my heart to share with you guys. Um, I've been I've been stewing on this for weeks at this point, And I am excited because I love the Lord. I love you guys. And um, more importantly, God loves us. And I believe that he is wanting to share his heart this morning concerning the mission centered around the gospel-centered life. Now, the gospel-centered life, if you guys, this is your first time joining in with us, we're, uh, we're, we're going through this book called The Gospel-Centered Life. We're on the seventh installment. So what it basically, the gist of the book is that the gospel needs to be at the center of our life. <laughs> like the title says, The Gospel-Centered Life. So we went and we talked about thus far, we talked about uh, how the cross is enough. We can't do anything to add to it. We can't we can't uh, do enough to diminish it. Amen. You guys with me this morning? It's okay. You guys can engage with me this morning as I'm talking to you guys. So we talked about the falling into the pit of 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 performing and pretending. We talked about heart idolatry last week. And uh, this week we're going to talk about the mission. The mission, okay? And uh, the big idea is this, for all you note-takers, okay? The gospel of grace propels us outward. The gospel of grace propels us outward. When God's grace is working on us and in us, it will also work itself out through us. Amen? So our key text this morning is uh, Galatians chapter 5, verse 13. And just so you know, just this, this is just how I roll. I'm reference a lot of scripture, sometimes by the address, sometimes by kind of paraphrasing key phrases or anything like that. So just so you know, you're not like looking at where she go or whatever. So just bear with me, you guys, as I share what I believe God has put on my heart to share with you. Amen. So Galatians chapter five, verse 13, it says, for you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love, serve one another. But through love, serve one another. The gospel of grace is not just pardon, it's power. Okay? So as we talked about, we've gone through this book, The Gospel-Centered Life, we've talked about how the gospel of grace has brought us freedom. Freedom from what? Freedom from the law. Freedom from, uh, from performing. Freedom from pretending. Freedom from being a slave to sin. Amen? So... He's saying, Paul's saying here in Galatians chapter five, he says, for you were called to freedom, brothers. You were called to this freedom that you've received through the gospel of grace. Now that you have this freedom, don't let it go to waste. Don't squander it and waste it on yourself. Why? Because the gospel of grace propels us outward naturally. It propels us outward. That's how it was designed to function, right? So if you can, in your mind, imagine uh, gears of a clock. So what it is, is the gospel of grace at work in your life is transformational, right? Is it transforms you. It's supposed to be transforming others outward through you. You guys, you guys catch that? So as the gospel of grace is transforming in your life and is being, bringing benefits and blessings, it is meant to automatically be a channel. You're meant to be a channel and a conduit of God's grace through you to other people. Right. So we've got grace on us. We've got grace in us at work, but we're supposed to have grace working through us also unto other people. You guys with me so far. 
So the problem here that we're talking about in chapter seven, when we're seeing the mission is we stop at on and in and not the through. Okay. So the gospel of grace is not just pardon, it's power. The reference for that is Romans chapter one, verse 16. So God's grace is the driving force for all change. And I'm going to go through the, the gospel of God's grace. This is the, what the gospel of God's grace moves us to. Number one, it sees opportunities for, for love and service. God, the gospel of God's grace moves us to see opportunities for love and service. It helps us to respond in repentance. It helps us to step out in faith. And God's grace enables us to experience joy as I see God work through me. It enables us to see opportunities for love and service. Helps us to respond in repentance, a changing of our minds, right? Helps us to step out in faith. And helps us to experience joy as I see God work through us. As I see God work through me. And here's a big point that I want to uh, that I want to really hammer home is the biggest obstacle to the gospel working through us is a self is self-centered living. The biggest obstacle to a gospel centered life is self-centered living. Let's go to uh, Galatians chapter five one more time. And I'm reading from the NLT this time it says, so I say. Let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Yes, I'm sorry. <laughs> Let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you are not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you are, no, you are not under obligation to the law of Moses. So let me, let me read that from the message because it, it hits a little different. Okay, and it says, it is absolutely clear that God has called you to a, a free life. It's talking about the freedom in the Spirit of God. Just make sure that you don't use this freedom as an excuse to do whatever you want to do and destroy your freedom. Rather, use your freedom to serve one another in love. That's how freedom grows. For everything we know about God's word is summed up in a single sentence. Love others as you love yourself. That's an act of true freedom. Further down on 16 and 17, it says, my counsel is this. Live freely, animated and motivated by God's spirit. Then you won't need, won't feed the compulsions of the selfishness. For there is a root of sinful self-interest. Listen, there is a root of self, self-centered interest in us that is at odds with a free spirit, the spirit of God. Just as the free spirit, the spirit of God is incompatible with selfishness. Again, the biggest obstacle to a gospel-centered life is self-centered living. Now, again, imagine with me the gears of the clock, the two, the two gears, and they're, and they're interfaceted, right? 
as God's working, God's grace is transforming your life. That grace is meant to transform other people through you also. Right. So what has happened is our sinful nature that we've got allowed to get the best of us while we're we're enjoying the benefits of the freedom that we found in Jesus in living in, in, in the gospel, the, the message that the gospel has brought to us. We separated ourselves in our own self-centeredness. Therefore, the other gear is not turning. You follow what I'm saying? The other gear is not turning. <laughs> so in the book, the author talks about um, the biggest obstacle being to the gospel-centered life being self-centered living. And he was saying that the gospel, while it is an internal work, it is a personal work. It was never meant to be private. The gospel is at work in your life and it is a personal thing, but it was never meant to be private. Now, if you think about it, you consider it. Sometimes people use those two things interchangeably, but they're actually very different. They're actually very different. The gospel centered Gospel-centered living is meant to be outward. It propels us outward to where we're not just so self-centered, thinking about us and consumed with what, what, uh, what we can get and how we can acquire and what, you know what I'm saying? We're not just trying to build our own uh, kingdom. We're building, supposed to be building the kingdom. We're not building an empire for ourselves, but we're building the kingdom. We're advancing the kingdom. Why? Through God, or how? Through gospel-centered living. Amen. Gospel center living, you know, we don't get to dis- we don't get to choose how we display God's glory. Second Corinthians chapter four, verse seven through eight. You can turn there if you want with me. Let's see here. Hallelujah says, you see, we don't go around preaching about ourselves. We preach that Jesus Christ is Lord and we ourselves are your servants for Jesus's sake. For God who said, let there be light in the darkness has made this light shine in our hearts so we could know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. Here we go. We now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God, not from ourselves. Another version, I think, is the King James talks about how we have this treasure in earthen vessels, right? And he just talked about, Paul just talked about how these earthen vessels of clay, they're fragile. We're we're fragile people. We're human, right? So we've got these clays, these these clay pots that we are, they're missing. They've got cracks. They've got got holes in them. And the thing is, this our self-centered nature. Pride wants to make us look like we've got it all together. We're not missing anything. We don't have any cracks. But here's the thing is that once we once we receive the gospel of grace, once we see the, the, the gospel of Jesus Christ, he comes and gets us. And we're broken. We're expecting to be made whole in certain ways. And God does come and complete us in those ways. But the thing is, this is our broken is the very canvas for which God has chosen to display his glory. But if we're too busy trying to fill up the pots. If we're too too busy trying to fill up the cracks in the holes, God's glory cannot be seen. Therefore, his grace cannot be conveyed and channeled through us to other people. Does that make sense to you? 
think with me vision. I'm a kind of a visual person, and what I envisioned was I know uh, I have I have a lot of lots of nieces and nephews and stuff, and I remember there was this one little I don't know what it's called. I, I, best I can call it a baby lantern, right? So this little ball, and and it's got shapes and stuff. In, inside of it, right? It's got on, on, on the container, right? And there's a light bulb that's inside of it. So in order to calm down the baby or kind of, you know what it does? It puts on a show. Are you guys making the connection? We have this treasure in earthen vessels. We're all cracked pots. But the thing is this, is if we're so busy trying to cover up, if we're so busy trying to be, trying to make ourselves look good in our own self-centered way, if we have not been partakers of the divine nature of Jesus, which we, are, we have access through because of the cross, then our, God's glory is not displayed in, in and through us the way it should be. His grace is not displayed and channeled through us like it's supposed to. You guys following along? The biggest obstacle to gospel-centered living is self-centered living. To a gospel-centered life is, is, is self-centered living. You know, you don't have to teach anybody to be selfish. You don't have to teach, you don't have to teach a, ch- a child to, to hog his own toys. and You don't have to do anything, that, anything like that. But like I mentioned before, partakers of the divine nature. First Peter chapter, I'm sorry, Second Peter chapter 4, verse... Uh, I'm sorry, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 4. Bear with me, y'all. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 4 talks about how we are partakers of his divine nature. And without being able to partake of, of God's divine nature, we'd be consumed by our selfish nature. So even though the gospel has come and it's rescued us and we're living and we're, we're, we're enjoying the transformation that it brings forth, this is not a coasting thing. This is something that we have to stay engaged with. We have to, we have to engage our culture. We have to engage those around us. Come on now. Why? Because we have the answer. We have the antidote. We have the grace of God. The gospel of grace that is in our life is transforming our lives but, but if we're picking and choosing how we want God to display and channel his glory and his grace through us, we're usurping and we're, we're interrupting the flow. We're interrupting the natural process that grace is supposed to have in and through us. Not just on us, not just in us, but it's supposed to go through us. Amen? We have this treasure in earthen vessels. We have this treasure in earth and vessel. It's in us to want to control or manipulate. And I know it's a strong word, but that's just what it is. It's in us to want to control how God uses us. Um, when we talk about, you know, when we think about the mission, we think of Matthew 26, 19. About go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And he's talking about how Jesus talks about how he's with us through the ends of the earth. But it's also, but the Bible also charges us to do good to those, especially those who are of the household of faith, right? So you weren't saved to sit, you were saved to serve. You weren't saved to just be, oh, hey, oh, whew, I'm glad me and my household are good. Okay, what, what, you know, what's next? No, what's next is you go and you tell somebody else about what the, what the gospel of grace has done in your life and how it's been transformational. And the thing is, this is not just even, not just even, uh, the good things that we hold back, we hold back on the bad thing that God is wanting to display his glory through, right? The things that we perceive as bad, right? For those of you that don't know, I'm on dialysis. 
Anybody? Raise your hand if you know what dialysis is. Okay, so for those, there's a lot of hands that weren't raised. So um, dialysis is where, you know, you have to outsource the function of your kidneys because your kidneys no longer work like they're supposed to. And um, I remember as I was preparing for this message, God was just really doing a number on my heart in the sense that, you know, I, uh, in order to receive dialysis, I have uh, what's called an arterial venous fistula. And it's this thing right here. And as I was talking about, you know, uh, you know, sometimes when you see me around, you'll see that I try to wear sleeves that cover it up. <laughs> and, and you know what I'm saying? And it's like, I, I want it to cover. I want it to cover because why? It's not aesthetically pleasing. It doesn't, it's not real pretty. It, it's it's, it's kind of hard on the eyes, in my opinion. But you know what? Life-saving measures aren't pretty. Life-saving measures are not pretty. And I just, you know what? My, I felt God dealing with me when he was talking about being a conduit of God's grace. Being a conduit of God's grace. You don't pick how I get to show the glo- my glory through you. You don't get to pick how I show my glory through you. What did Paul say? So I'll boast in my infirmities. Why? That the power of God may be perfect, right? So I just, I, you know, the Lord was just ministering to me. He's, he's, he's chastising me, but he does it in just a, such a loving way as, as he always does. And he's like, look, <laughs> your days are in my hands. And he's like, you know what? Because the thing is this, I'll get questions every now and again about my arm. Usually it's little kids. But sometimes it's like, oh, yeah, you know, whatever. But the thing is, this is stop hiding the means by which I want my glory to be seen through you. Stop hiding the means by which I'm wanting to, see, I'm wanting to show my glory through you. You know, um, self-centeredness, again, is the, is the biggest obstacle to living a gospel-centered life. And, you know, I'm... I'm realizing that opportunities are so much more under my nose than I realize with my life personally, right? Because I remember, you know, hearing about, you know, the Great Commission and, and you know, reaching out to other people and outreach and, and drawing the lost and stuff like that and missionary work. And I figured, you know, my thought, my immediately people's minds go to a pulpit preacher, big gospel tent revival type thing. And it's like, no. When God calls you to something extraordinary, he's called all of us to something extraordinary. He uses what you have where you are. Amen? God uses what you have where you are to do extraordinary things. Why? So his glory can be seen. His glory can be seen. You know, I'm able to tell people when they ask or some people know, you know, a lot of people know about, you know, my, my health, the season I'm in as far as my health is concerned. And they know that I lead worship here and I serve as an elder here and, and I'm, I'm in, I function in a leadership position also. But the thing is this is that people marvel because when you understand the rigorous, uh, rigorous toll it takes on you physically to be under dialysis, like there's no way, there's no way. But I can answer them and say, you know what, it's the grace of God. It's the grace of God on my life that enables me to do, that enables me to do not just for myself. I'm not over here serving myself. It gives me great joy. We talked about the four points, right? 
God's grace enables me to see opportunities to serve and love, to offer repentance. Lord, I repent and I change my mind about the situation and the season that you have me in. I change my mind even about the wealth that you've blessed me to obtain. It's not just for me, but it's for the advancement of the kingdom. Why? So that others may live. The gospel of grace is not just about you being safe and sound. The gospel of grace is not about you and yours and no more. It's about you being saved and turning around and pulling somebody else in, right? And you don't have to pound a pulpit. You don't have to give no prolific dissertation. All you have to do is be available. Be available. Exercise a sensitivity and ask God, Lord, open my eyes to the opportunities that are around me. So my attitude is shifted. So my attitude is shifted so that when I go to the clinic, the dialysis clinic, when there's nothing but death and doom and gloom, as I sit back to get my blood clean, I can tell them about the one whose blood can clean them. Are you in the room this morning? Are you in the room this morning? What have you been trying to cover up that God wants to show his grace through? What have you been covering up? What have you been hoarding? What resources have you been hoarding? And I'm not talking about material stuff. I'm not talking about riches. I'm talking about your testimony. What are you hoarding that God is wanting to use to display his glory? You're going, well, it's not much, but you know what? No, little is much in the hands of God. And he leverages purpose out of a life that is surrendered to him. Hallelujah. You are called to freedom, brothers and sisters, but don't use that freedom for selfish gain, for self-centered living. But look for opportunities to serve one another in love. Hallelujah. And I just want to encourage you guys, encourage you to, to ask the Lord to open your eyes to the opportunities that are around you. Open your eyes to the opportunities that are around you to, to be a conduit of God's grace to the people that are, maybe it's just your workplace, maybe it's your family. Sometimes family members are the hardest ones to extend grace to, especially when it comes to forgiveness. The gospel of grace. There's a, a line in, there's a lyric rather, in one of Donald's rap, I don't even know what the name of the, the song is, but the line goes, and I think I've referenced it before. It says, Jesus is coming back, believe it or not. You should wake up in the morning, look in the mirror, and repeat it a lot. Jesus is coming back, believe it or not. You should wake up in the morning, look in the mirror, and repeat it a lot. Let me tell you something. Just being honest and transparent, and I'm getting ready to close, Brent. If you could come back to the piano. Um. I have never realized the importance more than within this last year or so, year and a half or so, the importance of preaching the gospel to myself. And I honestly believe if you want to get down to the nitty gritty of it, I feel like we lose focus in the two, the two gears that are supposed to work together in perfect tandem. I think we lose, we lose, uh, 
we lose sight of that, of how it's supposed to work. We lose sight of the through part, and we're just so focused on the on and in when it comes to grace. That happens, I think, because the gospel has become common to us. I'm afraid the gospel has become common. And you know what happens? Familiarity breeds contempt, right? Familiarity breeds contempt to where you don't, you, you, you trash what you should treasure. You take for granted what you're supposed to hold sacred and dear, which is this is the gospel. This is the gospel. This is the gospel that saved my life. It's important that I preach the gospel to myself. Why? So that I retain the joy of my salvation, right? Because it's the joy that works. We, the saints used to say it's something on the inside, working on the outside. Oh, what a change in my life. Remember that? <laughs> it's the gospel on the inside that is supposed to be working through me and propelling me to go outside of my little world, me and my, my foreign no more, and be a channel of the grace of God. And it's not, like I said, you ain't got to do three points in a poem. It's just extending the kindness. Later on in Galatians chapter 5, we read chapters, uh, verses 13 through 17. But later on it talks about, it goes on to list what the works of the flesh are. And I think we're all very familiar with, the, with what the works of the flesh are. But he said, this is the type of fruit the spirit produces in our lives. The gospel of the grace is that heaven came and made its home in our hearts through the spirit of God, through Jesus, made possible by Jesus. But now we have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit produces joy, joy. Do you understand that joy and being a Christ follower are supposed to go together? Some of y'all don't know that. Some of y'all don't know that. But you know what? My prayers this morning is that you hear the gospel and that it would quicken and revive your hearts again so that you can be a channel and a conduit of the grace of God and let the sick and dying world know that there is hope in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Did anybody get anything out of this this morning? Stand to your feet. Jesus is coming back, believe it or not. You should wake up in the morning, look in the mirror, and repeat it a lot. Jesus is coming back. And he's not going to say, you know, when it comes time to, you know, stand before him, he's not going to say, well done, my good and faithful stockbroker. He's not going to say, well, good. You just, you saved up so much. How'd you do it? He's not, he's not going to do it. You, you invested so well. He's not going to say, well done, my good and faithful grudge holder. Nobody can hold a grudge like you. It's funny, but it's not, right? I'm being facetious, but I'm trying to illustrate a real point. We wonder why we don't have joy. It's maybe because the gospel isn't at the center of our lives. Maybe we need to preach the gospel to ourselves again. Every day. Jesus is coming back, believe it or not. You should wake up in the morning, look in the mirror, and repeat it a lot. Now, this is a message for all of us, and I, I don't want you to, to think that in any way, shape, and form that I've got this thing 
nailed down. No, this is a process. And we talked about it when we talked about believing the gospel a few chapters ago. That the way of the Christ follower is faith and repentance. Faith and repentance. Faith and repentance. Faith and repentance. Repentance is something that is always supposed to be in operation in our lives as a Christ follower. So today, if you don't know, if you don't know anything about you've been talking, you talking a whole lot of you. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, here, let me just make it real simple to you. We were far away from God. With no hope, the chasm was far too wide for us to ever be able to make a way. But Jesus, I think it was Max Lucado who says, while the, the, there was still the echo of the, of the bite from the garden, Jesus was on his way to the cross. While the bite of the fruit in the garden of Eden was still echoing, Jesus was on his way to the cross. Why? For fellowship. You were created for God, for the pleasure of God, for fellowship with him. And apart from Jesus, that will not happen. It is impossible. So if you're in the room today and you want to know this love, you want to know this Jesus and, and receive him today, just raise your hand. And all of us have had to raise our hand. All of us had to make this walk. If, if that's you in here, raise your hand. I think we're all family in here. So as I close this morning, praise God. As I close this morning, I want to pray for all of us. I want to pray for all of us that, that we would stop short-circuiting the grace of God that is supposed to flow through our lives. That we wouldn't, we wouldn't settle for selfishness and self-centered living. Certainly not when we have the hope that lives within us that is wanting us to reach out and go beyond ourselves. Amen. Hallelujah. So, Father, we just thank you. We thank you for your word this morning, Lord. We thank you, God, that your gospel is at work. By your spirit, your gospel is in our our lives, transforming, transforming, renewing us, Lord God, um, changing our minds and our hearts, Lord God, beckoning us to repent, Lord God, causing us to see, convicting us of sin, Lord God. But I thank you that you so lovingly do it in the way that only you can, Lord. Continue to draw us, Lord. Continue to draw us to your side. Continue to draw us to have your heart and have your perspective, Lord God, on the situations and seasons that we're in, Lord. I thank you, God, for for strength and, 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 uh, and ability, Lord Jesus, to be your mouthpiece wherever we are, Lord. I thank you that courage would rise up in us, Lord, as we as we steal away to get into your word, to spend time with you, Lord God, that we would find the courage, we would find the strength, we would find the bravery to speak out and to reach out to people who have no common no commonalities between us, Lord God, absolute strangers who are far from you, Lord God, that you are wanting to draw close. Father, would you do it in us? Spirit of God, would you just, would you work in our lives as you've promised to do, God? I thank you that you've begun a good work and you've promised to continue it until you come back, Lord. So, Father, I just speak, I just speak your grace, Lord God, not just pardon, but power. I speak your grace over everyone under the sound of my voice, Lord God. Let it empower us to do what pleases you, Lord. And we thank you for this, Father. In the mighty, magnificent, and matchless name of Jesus Christ, we prayed and said, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Give God praise this morning.
That's all the time we have for this episode of the Annex Podcast. But we encourage you to get connected with us by downloading and using our TBCF app today. Or you can visit our website at tbcf.life. That's tbcf.life. Until next time, thanks for stopping by to the Annex Podcast.